I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. All right, how's it going, guys? This is Jimbo here from the Jimbo Paris Show, and today we've got a great guest on. His name is Matt. He's basically focused on mental illness, helping countries, and he has a hub that kind of steers people towards organizations, working towards like a specific cause. And he also successfully recovered from schizophrenia and bicycled all the way across Canada. So let's see what he has to say. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm... Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, so please begin. Tell me uh, who you are, what you're about, and what your message is. Yeah, so I'm in Canada. I'm, I've got schizophrenia. I got that at the age of 22. I bicycled across Canada before I got too sick uh, when I was taking engineering at university. But uh, yeah, the disease hit and that took my life into a whole, uh, whole different path. So I did get, I can talk more about that, but I did get better. I'm doing well now and it took a long time to get better. But I, in 20... 18, I made a website for mental health in developing countries. It's uh, the whole time going through my mental illness, my heart just went out to people who had to go through uh, extreme poverty or war and mental illness as well. I it was, I felt like I was living in a war zone myself, just with my own mental illness and in a living in a sleepy part of Canada. And anyway, so I made the website uh, Mind Aid, and I. I found seven nonprofits uh, that are giving basic mental health care, and these models are low cost, proven effective, and scalable. They were these models of basic mental health care were first designed in the '90s, I believe. They were modeled after models of basic physical uh, health care. There were guides for decades on how to fix a broken leg where there's no doctor or hospital around for miles or any kind of physical ailment. So they did the same for mental health. And the World Health Organization is trying to figure out the best way to roll these models out to the masses. There are over 270 million people in developing countries with no mental health care. So the seven nonprofits I've found, they're relatively small. Uh, they need a lot more help, um, but they're doing good work. They've helped thousands of people already get back up on their feet with mental health. And I felt there are some other organizations on the website too. Uh, not all of them you can donate to, but they, uh, those seven that I've mentioned, those you can actually donate to or fundraise for. So yeah, the, uh, the website's kind of a hub. I'm, as far as I know, it's the only website of its kind in the world. Uh, if you go and look for resources to help people with mental illness in developing countries, they're scattered across the web. I've put them on one site. So actually, I actually, I actually just found some a couple of days ago, about half a dozen more groups I'd never heard of before. And I put them on there, including one that's helping people in Ukraine get uh, mental health support. So I haven't added that one to the web just yet, but I'm on, onto my website yet, but I want to put that up at the top of the page. Yeah. It's uh, I, I can talk about my, my, 
time with schizophrenia. Uh, I can talk more about the mental health in developing countries part. I can talk about just mental uh, health uh, tips in general. I, I've read a lot of books on how to get myself better, and uh, yeah, I can share uh, whatever you want. <laughs> Definitely. What is schizophrenia? Yeah, so a lot of people say to me, I don't know much about it, and I... I'm going to say this right off the bat, and I wish we weren't in a state that we that I have to say this right off the bat. I, it's, it, it hurts me to have to say this right off the bat. The stats on violence and schizophrenia are, I've, I've read two stats. First off, there's not a lot of information about uh, schizophrenia. There are a handful of books I found. There are a lot more books on depression or anxiety. Um, but uh, with schizophrenia, I found two stats. One, so... In general, the general rate of violence in the population here in Canada and maybe similar in the U.S. is 2%. 2% of the population, the general population, are violent. And that doesn't mean they're all killing people. Uh, in Canada, the rate of homicide is one person per 150,000 people every year. So that's like 0.0006% or something. So this 2% of the population, of the general population that's violent, they, it could be kicking, biting, scratching, uh, violent uh, bar fights. Uh, the World Health Organization says violence is actually difficult to define. There's a lot of different components to it, psychological violence. The other, so uh, the two stats I found on schizophrenia are people with schizophrenia have the exact same rate, 2%. It's no different. It's, it's no, violent, no more violent than the general population. Then the other stat I found is 4%, that 4% of people with schizophrenia are violent. So still 2 to 4%, that's relatively, that's low. I mean, 96 to 98% of people with schizophrenia are just not violent. And that's the way I was. I, I had, I've never wanted to hit anybody in my life, sick or healthy. I, I live in Canada, didn't want to play hockey. Everyone else played hockey. I didn't want to play hockey. I didn't like the fighting. And anyway, I just, I, I try to say that uh, first, I, first off, because I know some people might be scared of people with schizophrenia. I, I'm trying to change that. And I think if people knew those two stats, like the two to 4%, um, it's, uh, I think that might uh, make things more clear in people's minds instead of this vague sort of random, I don't know, you know, much about schizophrenia. So that's, I just like getting that out, out of the way first. I'd rather not have to talk about that because I wish everybody just knew that and I didn't have to even mention violence. It's, it's like saying people with left-handed, people who are left-handed could be violent or people who wear glasses could be violent. It's just like, it's, it's not that much different. So, and I'm not an expert. I, this is just stuff I've read. The only official certification I have is an engineering degree. It's uh, just got lived experience and read a lot of books. So, Question everything I say. It's a, I could be. I try to be as accurate as I can, but I could be wrong in something. That's that's the best I know so far. So so schizophrenia is. It often has depression and, and anxiety along with it at the same time. I did uh, the schizophrenia part. Seventy five percent of people with schizophrenia hear or see things. They hallucinate. I never did. I was in the twenty five percent that didn't. And uh, there's another thing called schizoaffective disorder, which is a combination of schizophrenia and bipolar. The stats for schizophrenia, 1% of the population has schizophrenia. 
And if you include psychosis, uh, psychosis and schizophrenia are different. Uh, schizophrenia, I guess, is a kind of psychosis. Uh, the stat on schizophrenia and psychosis, I think it's like 3% or 4% of the population has, has schizophrenia or uh, or psychosis. It's, uh, yeah. So with, uh, with psychosis, for me, I, I never hallucinated, but I did have more sort of trippy things going on, like uh, my sense of time was affected. Uh, time just went by so slowly, so unbelievably slowly. I I felt sometimes that if uh, uh, my vision went, it, it wasn't a trippy thing. Like I, I just felt like I couldn't see things in three dimensions anymore. It was more like two dimensions. I still, could, if you threw me a ball, I could catch it. It wasn't like I couldn't see in stereo or anything. It, it's sort of hard to describe, but I've heard other people with depression or other mental illness say they feel disconnected. And that's, that's what it felt like. I was disconnected. I've heard some people say with schizophrenia that it's like watching TV. Like you can see exactly what's in front of you, but you can't reach out and interact through the screen. You just feel very disconnected. Like you're watching a, a movie of your life or something. It was so hard to get out of bed in the morning and to keep going through the day. I really just wanted to lie there. To be honest, the first 15 years of my recovery, I wanted to be in a coma. I literally would rather have just been in a coma. For people out there listening who have it or who, who have a family member who have it, I, I want to tell you that it's possible to get through. Like you, there is hope. So I, I sort of have two messages. For people who haven't gone through schizophrenia or mental illness, I try to let them know like how difficult it is it, so people can show more respect and have more empathy for people going through through mental illness or schizophrenia. My other point I try to make is for people going through it, I want to downplay how difficult it is and say you can get through it. You can keep going. One very interesting thing that's uh, being worked on is called avatar therapy. This is for people who have hallucinations. Through this therapy, after maybe six, eight, ten sessions or so, once a week, their hallucinations stop. Not all of them. Uh, some, it doesn't work for some people. Some people get partial results. Other people, their their hallucinations disappear, which I think is just incredible because these can last for years or decades in people. And to have them gone in just a matter of, you know, a handful of sessions over a matter of weeks, I think is incredible. So they're working on this and trying to get it more. Uh, in Canada, uh, there's uh, a group that's uh, made this available to people. They're still working on it and trying to do more uh, research on it. Are there any role models you have or other people you know have that also deal with mental illnesses as well? Hmm. I have some role models from people with mental illness. I I do know that there's a lady, a young lady, uh, Cecilia Mago, and she's got a TED Talk. She has schizophrenia, and her TED Talk that came out in 2015 is called I Am Not a Monster, Schizophrenia. She's in her mid-20s, and in her, uh, she's trying to tell people like, I have schizophrenia, but I'm not a monster. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not out to hurt anybody. She started a nonprofit. Um, she's in New, uh, New York City. She has student advocates with schizophrenia or psychosis all around the world. And uh, they help because schizophrenia often hits people 
late teens, early early 20s. Uh, with women, it might hit a bit later, maybe late 20s, but that's not set in stone. You can get a, a, a girl who gets it like at 13 or something. It's uh, Schizophrenia is also known to skip generations sometimes, but there's still a bit of, there's mystery around it. They don't know exactly everything about it. But she, her nonprofit, she's got a student advocates because schizophrenia often hits in at the university age. And I'm really impressed with what she's doing for schizophrenia. It's uh, she, when COVID hit, she started posting videos of their Zoom sessions with their student advocates with schizophrenia or psychosis all over the world. And for the first time in my life, I was seeing pictures of people who had the same thing as me, schizophrenia. I, they'd have like a photo of like a Zoom session with like 10, 12, 20 people on it. And they they just kept posting these and posting these. And I'd never seen so many people. And it just shows how much we're not represented in the media or how many people even I've met in my life. We all kind of hide around it. We're not uh, out loud and proud with it. And I wish that would change. With, with COVID, things have changed a lot more with mental health. Everything's out in the open. But they say that some mental illnesses still aren't out as much as they should be. So it's... Uh, on my website in the about section, I've got uh, a couple links there to people who sell t-shirts and clothing for people to promote uh, schizophrenia awareness. So I'm trying to, be, I'd, I'd like to have more people uh, have schizophrenia out in mainstream conversation. So yeah. Robin Williams' son, Zach Williams, he is, and uh, Tim Shriver, of the, the founder of the Special Olympics, and uh, Allison Janney, the actress from the TV show The West Wing, they and others have a, a hashtag break the chains platform because some people with mental illness are actually kept in chains in some countries. They estimate uh, hundreds of thousands, not millions, but hundreds of thousands of people with untreated mental illness kept in chains in 60 countries. And I, I linked to their, their website on my, on my website, a hashtag break the chains and that uh, there's a pledge there you can sign. They're looking for 20,000 signatures. If any of your viewers want to sign that uh, they're trying to get help to unchain people with mental illness. And yeah, so uh, Zach Williams helps promote that at the bottom there. Uh, if you scroll down just a little bit, yeah, then the blue break, hashtag break the chains. There's a link there. Yeah, yeah, that's the page. Yeah, there's Allison Janney, and uh, there's a video there uh, that Allison Janney um, imager. That's a YouTube video with Allison and Zach and Tim Shriver and some other celebrities who are helping stop this. There's a pledger. They've got thirteen thousand signatures so far. They're looking for twenty thousand, and there's uh, some things there you can share on social media. Mostly, it's, I'd have to say that if uh, anything that helped me uh, later in life, like specifically through my disease, it was uh, my bike trip across Canada. That really put some wind in my sails. That gave me a lot of confidence. It taught me about pacing. I know I, I biked from Vancouver to St. John's, Newfoundland, and I did that with my disease. Uh, it, from I had to pace myself. Just uh, I didn't – I. I really had to watch my emotions not to get too stressed out 
and not to get too depressed. I had to try to keep them balanced as best as I could. And it was tough, but the, uh, the pacing of myself through my bike trip, um, that I, I think that helped. And plus just the confidence. It was, uh, I, th- I remember thinking, you know, if I can, if I can bike across Canada, maybe I can get through schizophrenia. And, uh, yeah. February 11th of 2021, my disease stopped. The pain just stopped. I still took my medication. I'm still on it now, but I, I, the symptoms stopped. I've been left in this kind of, the last year has been this kind of debriefing phase. Like I, I get to actually think and ponder and reflect on what I've been through. And actually, and so what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm working on uh, actually getting out of the pain, out of the fighting, like, like getting out of the Holocaust or getting out of the natural disaster. I'm, I'm getting into a place finally of just peace and contentment. And just, I can sit here, I can enjoy life. I'm not being... I'm not trying to figure out how to make it through the next few minutes. I just just get to sit here and enjoy life. And what I'm trying to do is is I, I get time to think about what I've been through, and I'm slowly gaining some. I'm gaining confidence and strength, and holding my head up high for the first time in 30 years. I get to hold my head up high and say, "Look, like I'm. I don't have to hang my head in shame. It's. Uh, I get to stand tall." And this is all very new to me. So the things that schizophrenia uh, that I'm thankful for, I'm working on that and I'm making headway. I know that one of the big things that I've been thankful for through the whole time, I guess, would be more empathy for other people. What I'm thankful for now is that for people who, I, I look at other people on the street or people anywhere, and I'm much more understanding maybe not of their specific problems but of the depth of their pain or their suffering i i get now a lot more the suffering and struggles that people go through even though i don't know their exact experience i don't think you need a reason to help i think it's uh i think it's just get up and do it if you if, you, if you're if it's something you're interested in and uh, you don't you don't even have to be passionate about it don't don't wait for the passion to 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 hit you if, if i mean sometimes passion doesn't come try something that interests you and go with that there's a book on that it's called the motivation myth and he says people think they need to wait for this lightning bolt of inspiration to say that's what i'm going to do he says sometimes that happens but oftentimes it doesn't and he says the the trick is people think they need to have the confidence before they start but he says when you start and you take these small steps take a small step That'll give you a bit of confidence. Take another small step. That'll give you a bit more confidence. And just keep taking these small steps. The steps, the actions, give you the confidence. You don't have to wait for the confidence in order for you to take action. If you could go back in time and give your younger self some advice, what would you tell them? (laughs) So that comes back to what I was talking about at the start. It's... uh, you are capable of so much more than you think you are. I believe we all have vast, vast, vast amounts of courage, patience, determination, dormant, lying dormant inside us, waiting to be used at a moment's notice during crisis. It's there all the time. We're capable of so much more. If I could tell myself, Matthew, this is what you're going to do with your life, down the road, this is what's going to happen to you. I'm like, whoa, 
I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do that. What? Really? That's what I'm going to go through? Wow. Holy smokes. But I, 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 I tell myself, Matthew, you are going to be given. You already have deep within, deep within you, lying dormant, courage, patience, determination, and you will be able to get through this. You will. You will come out the other end. You will find peace and contentment. It's, uh, if I could tell my younger self that, I, I would have, I'd have loved to hear it. <laughs> Interesting input, Matt. Well, thank you again for being on the show. This has been great. You're welcome. Thanks so much. Uh, you've asked some uh, questions I haven't thought about. So that's, uh, you've been getting my mind working. <laughs> my mind working too, man. So yeah, so a special thanks to our sponsors here, Alice Roberts, grab her book, It's Behind the Power. It kind of serves a powerful book on, on breaking unhealthy thought patterns and creating a more powerful version of yourself in the future. And then our second sponsor, LifeWork Systems, they're a collaborative partner, big business. They work with corporate businesses and companies and create the culture that people really want to have. So if you own a business and you want to improve your company culture, reach out to this woman here. All right. And also we're available on our Roku channel. So I'm Jimbo Paris. This is the Jimbo Paris Show. Thanks again, Matt. Great having you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 